I'm Sydney. And I'm Julie. And this is Restaurant and Retail Revelations. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Restaurant and Retail Revelations, a podcast spotlighting the movers and shakers in the restaurant and retail industries. This podcast is brought to you by Revel Systems, provider of the leading cloud-native POS platform on the market. Yes, and a big thanks, as always, to Revel for making our podcast dreams a reality. And in this episode, we'll be joined by Mary Jane, or MJ Riva, who is president and CEO of Pizza Factory a community-focused pizzeria franchise based on the West Coast. I'm personally really excited to learn more from her, not just because pizza ranks among my favorite food topics, uh, but also because she has a really unique perspective as someone who was actually a pizza factory franchisee before taking the helm as CEO. Absolutely. She had quite a career with the brand. So let's jump right in and learn more from MJ about what else is in store for this fan favorite franchise. Mary Jane, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. So you may not know this, but we are major pizza fans here at Rebel, and we are really excited to hear from you just for more intel on Pizza Factory and the trends you're witnessing in the pizza space. So to start things off, will you just give us a quick overview of Pizza Factory and what helps your restaurants stand out from the competition? Well, Pizza Factory has been around for over 35 years. So we have we are considered a legacy brand. And one of the things that has kept us relevant through all these years is one, the product. We do everything in-house. We make it fresh. We do not commissary anything in. We make our dough every day. We hand toss it, make our own lasagna, meatballs, and so on. The other thing is, is our community involvement. We've always been very well known for uh, the things that we get involved in our communities, both as a corporation and as individual stores. So that's probably a, a short summary of, of a lot of the things that we do that probably set us a little bit apart. But I think the funniest thing that I could say, and I don't mean funny that way, but one, uh, let's put it this way. One of the most interesting things to me is how many people grew up, even though we're primarily a fan on the West Coast, have grown up and been a fan of Pizza Factory. And now when they go to the other states that we're opening in, they're actually coming in. I'm going, how in the world? But, you know, they're transplanting. And it's so cool to see because it, that's they grew up. We're that kind of pizza parlor that people grow up with. Very cool. Yeah, word of mouth is powerful. And yeah. when you have a product you love, you'll you'll find it. I, I love, you know, you mentioned the brand is very uh, community-centric. I think that's awesome. And we'll explore that in a little bit more detail shortly. But Right now, I'm curious to learn a little bit more about your personal journey with Pizza Factory. I know it was founded in 1985, and then you actually bought the company in 2012. And so what is it about Pizza Factory that inspired you to make that decision and, and purchase it? Well, before the purchase, I was a franchisee. So we've been, my husband and I have been franchisees since 1990. And we had stores in Southern California that we operated. And then there was parts of the corporation that I would participate in, the marketing, different things that the corporate office would ask of us to do. But 2012, the founders were looking to retire and really wanted to keep the brand within the unit of the franchisees because it is a, you know, especially for them, it's handing off their baby. 
you know, their family that they created. So they approached us in 2012 and I was up for the challenge and said, let's do it. Well, that's, I love that. Um, sometimes things just shake out that way. And I'm sure it was also no lack of hard work on your part. So, um, I, you know, as Julie mentioned, we definitely wanted to dig into that community first policy that you have that's alive and well at Pizza Factory. And it's actually, it's one of the first sections in your Our Story page on the website. And so that tells me that it's a really high priority for your team. And I would just love to know like how the community and charitable initiatives like the No Bully Zone program and support for No Kid Hungry and others, how has it come to have such a large slice of the proverbial pie in terms of Pizza Factory's operations? I'll start with the No Bully program, which we've extended it to actually be um, friends are awesome because No Bully is, is kind of concise and a little bit of a negative connotation to it. So we put friends are awesome on it because that's what we put on our benches. But we have so many young people that come into our store with their families, younger kids that are elementary school and so on. And being able to project in our restaurants and show them and have them, for instance, we have coloring pages and color or, uh, menus that the kids, there's questions on there. And really important, one of the things that's on there is talking to their parents. Are you the bully or are you being bullied? Because sometimes we focus so much on the kids that are being bullied, we forget to find out who the bully is. And sometimes that conversation, when you're sitting there and everybody's eating pizza and it's relaxed and everybody's having fun, sometimes kids will open up more. So that's one of the reasons why we started it in the restaurant, but we also hire so many high school kids. They also are up against so much these days with social media, peer pressure, everything, making sure that when an employee, a new employee comes into one of our restaurants, and there's already a group of kids that have been working there. Are they inviting that new kid who may not be somebody they hang out with at high school when they're at school, but are they inviting them in and making them feel welcome? Or are they being a little rough on them because they're the new kid? So trying to make sure that we do that. And quite honestly, it's always a good thing too, because we have a lot of bullies for adults out in there. And it's good to also uh, show that the adults also are what they say and do at our restaurants. Little kids are watching them and making sure that the atmosphere is one that hopefully people are aware of and realizing that, you know, our words do matter, especially when we have so many young folks around us. And then we take it to the schools. We go to the schools. Each of our restaurants are involved in their schools, of course, but we'll take a bench and it says friends are awesome. We do a presentation at the school, do a little assembly, talk to the kids of the importance of being kind and, and sharing and letting someone know if something's uh, you know not right in their world and trying to just bring awareness to the younger kids to be aware of other kids and what their feelings are. Maybe you can be a friend of that kid. Maybe that one day that you say something or do something for them is going to change their whole outlook. So that's a little bit, that's actually a lot, <laughs> but it could go on and on about that because it's a really close to my heart um, campaign that we oversee, but it's uh, it's ongoing and it will continue. In fact, we've got some new stuff coming out here in the next year now that schools are back. That's fantastic. I can tell you're passionate about it. And I really like that you you actually looked at your customer base and you looked at your who your employees are and you 
guys catered um, some of your community giving back initiatives to that audience. That's great. Um, I'm inspired and hungry now. So of course, food is also at the heart of what you guys do at, at Pizza Factory. So um, I also hear you have some menu innovation in the works in the form of a flatbread limited time offer. Will you share a bit more about what's in store uh, for those with a pizza craving near one of your restaurants? The flatbread, if I heard you right, because you cut out a little bit on me, but the flatbread is an LTL that we're bringing out right now. It may or may not continue to be on the menu, but we're always trying to find things because you have guests that come always to your stores, but finding something a little bit more interesting and also maybe finding another demographic. You know, there might be younger kids that are coming in and just want to hang out. And younger to me is like I'm saying in their 20s, 30s. They're coming in and maybe when they're with their friends and they just want to sit and have beer or wine and have a, a nice appetizer. So it's a little bit of an upgrade of an appetizer, but also showcasing our product. Uh, and so we do three or four LTOs a year. This one happens to be the one that's coming up and we're really excited about it. Our franchisees are excited about it. It's just a really different, I mean, who doesn't like flatbreads? Um, so it's, we're really excited to see how it goes over, but yeah, we're, it's also trying to, uh, you know, just reach different people, different people have different things that they're looking for. Yeah. I actually want to dig into that a little bit more. Um, you know, I think it's really easy for the public to hear pizzeria and think of a singular product. You know, I have a close friend whose mind specifically goes to pepperoni pie, you know, it's, it's just what he thinks of, but I know menu diversity is especially important for today's consumers maybe, you know, not just different interests, but like dietary restrictions or um, favorites that might, you know, maybe they're looking for something a little healthier. Um, so I'm just curious to hear from you, is a wide range of menu options a really important factor at Pizza Factory? Yeah, you hit it on the head. There's a lot of people in today's world that are keto or this or this, or maybe it's keto, but um, there's different things that they're looking for. So we have a gluten-free crust, we have a cauliflower crust, uh, our salad bars are a big deal to us. Salads are huge, huge for everybody and making sure that it's fresh and lots, lots of good veggies on there. But we do try to think of, because pizza is, although for kids, if you think about it, it's a great food for the next day for breakfast because it hits all the food groups. But for adults, yeah, trying to make sure that we're hitting some of the items, spinach, artichokes, whatever it is, we're trying to always make sure that we're being relevant and that we're seeing what's going out there and, and hitting because one family might come in and there's one person that can't have cheese or can't have dairy or whatever, making sure that we have options for those folks as well. Yeah, pizza for breakfast, it just never fails. I know. It really doesn't. Uh, I want to segue just a bit and talk about some of the major changes that have been happening and still are happening in the restaurant industry. And, you know, we've seen online ordering, curbside pickup and delivery grow exponentially. What order channels are you guys experiencing the most growth in and where have you had to really adapt the most? Online ordering and our loyalty app, for sure, have been huge, and especially during the COVID period. Curbside pickup, not so much, surprisingly. Um, I mean, there's people that do it, but it wasn't as big of a hit as we thought it would be. But the online ordering, and we always delivered, so that's always been uh, something that we do, obviously, as most pizzerias do. But our loyalty app, for sure, is just going crazy for our folks because it's like anything. Everybody wants to get something free eventually or get points, and I do. I, I do the same thing with 
you know, places that I go to. So that's probably been two of our big revenue generators, I would say, especially with the dining rooms, just starting to get back into it and, and uh, uh, people starting to come out more. But those two are probably our biggest, biggest areas and social media, really expanding our social media. Yeah. Uh, well, so a recent headline, it wasn't on social. I think it was a, a trade publication that I saw, but a recent headline that caught my attention is that Pizza Factory is actually coming to Georgia and not just any place in Georgia, but Athens, which is home to the alma mater for both of the co-hosts here on this podcast. Ah. And so, yeah, go dogs. Um, <laughs> so I'm very excited to have a new option for great pizza next time I'm in the classic city, as we call it. And I'd love to hear more from you just on mid-year growth in general for Pizza Factory and you know what might be in the works longer term. Well, you're correct. We just opened exactly almost, a, well, it's been a little over a week we opened up in Athens. So that is our first store out there. And, and Brandon and his wife, Diane, actually were, short story here, they were actually customers. This is where I talk about this transplanting. They were customers at the Temecula, California location and grew up there at, you know, experienced Pizza Factory. When they moved to Georgia, they wanted to take Pizza Factory with them. One of their guests came in on the second day and was also from California. So it just shows how it's, it's really weird and how that works. And they were thrilled to see Pizza Factory there. So yeah, so we've gone into Georgia. We're, uh, we've also moved into Texas. We're looking at other states that we're moving into. The growth this year has, is and continues to be awesome for us. Um, people are still wanting to, and I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, with the whole COVID, people with their jobs being what they work. They're wanting to have a little bit more control over what they, when they work, where they work and how they work. Uh, so looking to be a, a sole proprietor and getting into the restaurant business and pizza does do really well through just about anything that happens in this world, you know, um, recessions or whatever, it just does well. So we're having a real growth spurt in all our states, uh, getting a lot of great new franchisees and some multi-unit operators. And we're just looking forward. We probably are going to, uh, it's getting close to the end of the year, but we've signed about 22 locations. Not all of them will open this year, but we're looking at a good portion of that to open this year. Wow. Yeah. And uh, the timing is good in Athens too. It's almost football season. So I anticipate a lot of hungry college kids yeah. uh, heading your way. And speaking of markets like Athens, Pizza Factory, I know really embraces a lot of smaller markets in general. Can you share more about how market size plays into your growth strategy in general? Yeah, we, we were a little different. In fact, the founders started out with primarily only going into really small rural towns, which are great. And we still go into those. There's a definite market for us there. When we look at opportunities to open a pizza factory, it's more about uh, the demographics. And we look at it differently. We look at the demographics, obviously, but if it's a small town, we have stores that are in towns of 700, 1,000 people. They're really small. But when you're in a small rural community like that, you're going to draw from a very wide area. So where on paper it may not look right, and you go, there's enough people there, you have to look outside further and see what it is. So that's what we do with that smaller market. But even in our bigger areas, even like say for instance, an Athens or a Southern California, every big town has communities within it. 
they have their own school system they have. So there's always these little pockets of neighborhoods. So even though it's a big population, you're still that community, you don't lose that community feel. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, you've lived both sides of this now because you did start out as a, a franchisee. So for those who are interested in learning about franchise opportunities at Pizza Factory, what would you say are the key traits that you look for in a good fit for a franchisee and where can people go for more information? There's a few things that we look for. And, and one of them is, is that you have to have a passion for people because it is a people business. And if you don't have the ability to put up with the things that go with that, when you're in retail, regardless of what it is in retail, you're dealing with people. And when they're hungry, they're really sometimes they can be a little tough, but mostly you have to have a love for your community and want to give back and want to be a part of it. You need to feel like you are coming into community that, that you're opening the doors and expecting everything to come to you you've got to give back. It's a two-way street. And so that's what we're really looking for is the people that understand that part of it and that know that it's hard work. Uh, it doesn't matter how many times you tell somebody what it's all about. They, until they get into it, they don't realize what it's all about. But mostly, and, and just being engaged with us, we're very down to earth here. We're, we're a, a very small office, but we're really engaged with our franchisees and we want our franchisees to be engaged with us. That's what you're in a franchise for. That's what you're paying your money for. So be engaged, be communicate, you know, communicate with us. But that's, that's probably the two biggest things is we really want someone that really wants to be a part of a community because we really feel that at the end of the day, a business is successful. You can have a good product, you can have a lot of things, but if your community respects you and your community knows that you're there to support them, they're going to support you. And, yeah. and back to your second part of that question is we have a site, pizzafactoryfranchises.com, or we also, that's a, probably the best way to go, but our office here, it's 1-800-654-4840 if someone's looking to, uh, but pretty much you can find us on the internet and, and, and reach out. Great. Yeah. It sounds like an amazing brand to work for. And I'm sure your team, like so many others in the restaurant industry have experienced some of the challenges that we kind of spoke about earlier. And a few that come to mind are supply chain disruptions, the labor shortage, you know, um, some of these things so many restaurateurs are talking about. Um, which challenges have presented the biggest opportunity for Pizza Factory and how have those challenges impacted your franchisees and your customers? And I don't know, maybe you guys are exploring and uh, have explored and are still exploring ways to combat them. The biggest one is the labor shortage, quite honestly. Uh, the supply chain is, is some way at the end of the day, you get a bag or you get a box that doesn't have a logo on it, you can still work. You can deal with those things. Food disruptions haven't been huge for us, maybe just in the chicken wing. But again, what we've done is analyze our menu, see what we need to, or maybe it's time to readjust. Do we take some things off our menu? But the labor shortage has been the most difficult thing on our franchisees. They are working so hard right now and getting people to come in and show up and work. They can show up, but you got to get them to work and stay. It's really, really difficult. But the way that we're trying to help with that is we are working with our franchisees. Maybe they need to reduce their hours. Maybe there's just like one day where we just have to say, yeah, you can close one day where normally that's not something you would do in a franchise. But when you've got stores that their crews are working like they're working, sometimes you got to let them just have a day off. 
You've got to do something because you're going to lose those people that are already with you. The other thing is, is looking at benefits, give, providing more benefits for our, franchi or our uh, employees that work in the franchise stores. Uh, we also have shared with our franchisees some of those things that they can do. Wages, of course, have gone up. And it's just really reevaluating everything. We as a company are looking at how can we help with the labor for our stores by reducing and finding better ways, whether it's stock, um, you know, the back of the house stuff, what can we do to ease that for them? We're looking into that, we're looking into robotics, we're looking into everything. The front of the house to us is really important to have that connection with your guests. So robotics for us in the front of the house is probably the easiest, but I don't think you'll see us going that way. At least I say that today in 2022. But um, the back of the house is where the labor, we, I think we can really help in that area. And we're diligently trying to find ways to help the franchisees. That's what our job is. Our job is to find ways. When these things come up and something will come up in five years or 10 years, there's always going to be somewhere where you got to pivot again. But it's the job of the franchise, in my opinion, to be the one leading that and finding out what that is, not the franchisees. So we use our Franchise Advisory Council, which is made up of franchisees. They give us input. We share with them what we're looking at and trying to engage the franchisees. Even though I still have stores, it's not the same as the franchisees that are in there day to day because I'm having to be in the corporate office for the majority of the time. So they're the ones that are going to be able to share with us. This is what we could use. This is what we what we see. So we try and we're trying really hard to find answers or hopefully some solutions. Yeah, that's it's really helpful to have folks who have their finger on the pulse of the operation and the boots on the ground, so to speak, who are really experiencing and living these um, challenges and opportunities for the brand. Uh, so at this point, we have covered everything from being a, you know, a good steward to the community, to robotics in the future. Uh, so we've definitely, we've, we've spanned the gamut of some topics, but always we like to check in and just flip the tables a little bit and see if there's anything that we have not asked you about that you'd like to share with our listeners while we have you here. I think the only thing that I don't think we touched too much on, I, a little bit we have, but the support that we give, um, a lot of our staff and crew here in the corporate office are ex-franchisees and the support that we give we have franchise business coaches we're very we do not turn off at five o'clock there's not one person in this office that shuts down at five o'clock or takes weekends it's always we're always available so the support that we give to the franchisees is something that we take pride in and that we all have and some of us continue to be franchisees we know how important it is to have somebody to pick up a phone, even if it's just to say help, if it's to say, what do I do? Or just to vent that that's what we're here for. And support is a big deal to us. That's huge. Yeah, thank you for adding that. I think I speak for Sydney and myself when I say I really enjoyed learning more about Pizza Factory today. So thank you for your time and your insights, Mary Jane. Thank you for having me. You know, Pizza Factory really threads the needle between the classic family-friendly pizzeria, their longtime loyalists, Treasure, and a brand that isn't afraid to embrace change and innovation. And my guess is that's a pretty tough balance to strike. 
Oh, I'd say so. But as MJ shared in relation to the traits that make for a great pizza factory franchisee, understanding people and really wanting to be part of that community fabric sound like they are key in the franchise's ability to just stay true to their core. And then I think also explore new territories. Yes. Speaking of new territory, Julie, we have got to coordinate our next Athens trip so that we can experience some fresh pizza factory pie firsthand. Oh, I am on it. As soon as next football season schedule is released, let's do it. (laughs) To our listeners, wherever you're based, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed hearing from Mary Jane as much as we enjoyed talking with her. And if you haven't already done so, make sure you like and subscribe to Restaurant and Retail Revelations on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. We promise to be back soon with fresh content.